All right, welcome to uh, True News 365. Thanks for joining me once again. Today I have a an interview that I had with a brother who wanted me to uh, join his podcast and he wanted to ask me questions on eschatology. He had an eschatology question, but he also had a bunch of questions which were kind of sizing me up in terms of my faith in Reformed theology. Okay, this is an individual who is uh, probably Arminian and he doesn't even know it. Okay, uh, we actually fell fell out, um, and we um, uh, we get to the point where he basically later on told me after uh, sometime after this interview um, that he doesn't even believe that I'm saved because I uh, I believe in Reformed um, theology. And so um, I, I kind of wanted to hear, let you hear the, the framing of his questions, the way he's thinking, the dynamics behind his belief system and how he defends certain things and views th- certain things. And then I will uh, later on, since this is actually a one hour interview, I kind of wanted to do a part two where I will come back and kind of do a commentary on those questions and, um, and the way they were answered. And, you know, he was cordial. Uh, it, 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 was, uh, it was a decent um, interview, and I answered some questions. Um, some of them did not go deep into the weeds. Uh, they were pretty general. And um, um, without a doubt, it's something that um, we should do and sit and we talk about these things. Unfortunately, later on, the, uh, the, the brother um, actually had, has a problem um, uh, with Calvinism and all that and so he really felt that um, he needed to burn those bridges with me but um, I didn't take it to heart um, I pray for the brother and um, I hope that you will also okay so I will return and then uh, later on I will do a part two where I will uh, break down the conversation into parts and do a commentary in that sense okay so I will return Hello. Yeah, to follow me. Hello, hello. I thought I was all this time. Hello, hello. Can hello, you hear me? Can you hear me? I hear you. Can you hear me? Well, yeah, I can hear you. My mic is dead. Well, I'm outside, so I'm probably a little bit loud. Cars passing by, but I, I should be home soon. But anyway, so I want. I had. I. I, I wanted to talk about um, eschatology. And I, but I had something else in my mind. This is kind of similar, though. Like, do you believe that you're going to be alive during whatever, like when Jesus returns or like during any tribulation or whatever it may be? You, you were saying what about tribulation? Do you think you're going to be alive during the end times, whatever that is? Oh, um, well, yeah. Well, the pre the pre mill view says that. Uh, that you know the rapture comes and then um then you got people left left uh, <laughs> right that's what the whole hype is right with the with the pre-trib um yeah. so so if if you're amil then that when he comes that's it it's a done deal it's yeah. a wrap it, it's right yeah. so that's yeah. the amil view so if i'm amil and and i'm and i'm very i'm like i'm really in the middle of this this whole study right 
So yeah. I think I'm I'm pretty much Amil at this point, you know, because I'm. It, it just makes a lot of sense to me. Every time I'm I've been studying it, I've been looking at it, and uh, it, it's it does seem to make sense to me that um, that if if we're in the 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 one thousand years rather, or uh, or or we're in the it's better to say that we're in the age that we're still in the in the in the in the the age the because the next age to come is going to be after the second coming. Yes. So if we're still in in the at the end of the age, right at the age that he's that Christ was referring to, then that means that that the only thing that's left is for him to come, and that's it. Like we're not looking right. for any signs of Israel. Right. We're not looking for any of those signs. So that's it. Right. So and so, that to me that makes sense. Right. So my question would be then: Do you think you're going to be alive when the Lord returns? I could, I could, I could be uh, alive, or I could die tomorrow and and be in His presence, right? Right, right. What I what I imagine it would be, it would be you would wake up on the day of judgment. You would die, and mm -hmm. you would sleep, as says Thessalonians, and then it will almost be instant for 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 everyone else. You know, it wouldn't seem like that, but for you, it'd be instant, like you sleep and wake up, and it would be the day of judgment. It would be His day of return, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. It would be it would be that. Right. Um, uh -huh. But some people feel that when it says like some Amils, they feel that those that um, that die. Right. Immediately uh -huh. go to uh, what's called the paradise. Right. Okay. And so we're in. That. Yeah, we're in that comfort thing where we're comforted. We're surrounded by the throne of God. It's an entity or rather it's a it's an environment of holiness and because the the scripture says that there are the souls of those that were martyred. Now, the question I always had is, is that specifically with those who were martyred, or does that include all that die in the Lord before the end of well, the age? You well, know? it almost was like it almost was like if you read the, the that part, it was almost like they were woken up. They must have been sleeping, and then they woke up, and then they were woken up. They said, "Hey, when's the time coming? Like, you guys need to rest a little bit more longer." Continuing your rest, go back to sleep, basically. And right. whether it was the martyrs or not, it still was that they were sleeping. And that's my view: is that you're going to be sleeping until the Lord returns. And then the Lord, like, let's say, Lord forbid, I die, right? And my family is still on this earth. When I die, I'm going to instantly wake up, and they're going to be there on the day of judgment as well. And I'm going to feel like it was nothing, like, oh, you know. And they're going to be like, we missed you. We haven't seen you in for this many years. And I'm like, oh no, I I just saw you guys yesterday. Yeah. You know? Right, right. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's how it is when we sleep now. Right. Correct. And that's you not know? exactly what it's gonna be on the day of judgment. So but my thinking right. is and and this is where it might get a little hairy. My my question is, well, you said you haven't fully taken on the amillennial view, but I'm like, with that in mind, knowing that the Lord can return any time, how can one be a Calvinist if or a reformist, knowing that the day of judgment is it's it's, it's like right it's in, it could be at any moment wait wait I, what's the connection to the uh to uh reform theology right knowing that the judgment can be at any moment like and yeah. that's judgment day how do you how do you parse that so from what i'm understanding you believe that holiness mm -hmm. comes after glorification not before glorification right. so how right, does right. that work if the lord is boom judging right now and it's like oh 
I can't I can't get glorified. I'm already I'm, it's, it's judgment day. It's too late. Oh, because it says it says that um that they were given uh ro white robes, uh white uh -huh. robes of purity. So it says that those like see my question was always like, okay, are those particular to because I, I, I kind of had that um, outside theology sense that it was like a like a sleeping conscious where you sleep and even now when you sleep like I know sometimes I go to bed and I'm so tired it feels like I was in bed for five minutes so and I, and I feel like um, I I wake up and I'm like man I want I wanted to keep sleeping. You know, right, so right, right. I, I always like I always I, I never saw that there was a theological attachment to that. You know, mm -hmm. I always felt like that made that made practical sense, but I couldn't find mm -hmm. that in theology. So yeah. I always felt like that was true. But then mm -hmm. like now, since I've been studying uh, these passages and I, I'm, I'm looking at it, I go, OK, so it, those that that die, I always felt like, wait a minute, that that makes a specific reference to those who were martyred. So I'm wondering, mm -hmm. <clears throat> could it be specific to only the ones that were martyred and, or the ones that just simply die uh, within, uh, uh, during the, the age, uh, like mm -hmm. now, right? So yeah. if, that, if that's the case, and, and most our millennials believe that that's where all of us are, where, we, where our souls go mm -hmm. in that comforting area of rest, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, so if we're there, it says that, and then they were given white robes, meaning that those are the white robes of purity, and they they can rest at this point, and they've got nothing to to deal with because they 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 are now cleansed, they're purified. With that, the white mm -hmm. robes always means like purity, you know. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I, I, do, yeah. I do think it was the martyrs, and I do think they were sleeping, um, but. I guess I don't. I don't think that comes. That that's talking about the righteousness. But I think it talks about overcoming by the by the what is it by the blood of the lamb and the word of right. the testimony. This is before right. the all that you know. Right. So, but they're but they're by the throne. Right. They're they're in there because of the blood the word the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony, not just the blood of the lamb. Right. Right. So that's what yeah, I'm that's like. a that's a good that's a good point. That's a good point because it's like okay, I, I know they're they're purified number one because of the white robes. I know mm -hmm. they're also blessed because they're 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 not in any sense in any way um, outside of his comfort or rest. They're not in his judgment, so they mm -hmm. are they're being they're kind of like being um, protected. They're 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 like in a in a state of rest in a state of paradise, but. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they've they've been glorified, you know. Like it doesn't say specifically right, that they right. are, you know. And and if they are, then there's passages um, that say that 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 they will be glorified. Like it, it could be part of it, or I'm not sure what it is because well, I haven't gotten even, that far say, into let's, it. Let's assume that they were glorified, right? It would still be there was something going on. That's why they got to that point of glorification which is overcoming. Right. Right? They overcame. Right. Yeah, because it just said they overcame. A, yeah, absolutely. Right. And, and I know the blood is enough. We have all those songs and stuff, just the blood and all that stuff. But I'm like, that's not what Revelation said. It's the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. So you can't just like scrub that mm -hmm. out because of doctrine. Right. Right. The blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony uh, for Christ, meaning that they, they mm -hmm. didn't deny him. They, they never they denied deny him. him. They, mm -hmm. Whether whether with word or deed. Mm 
Right. They didn't deny right. them with their behavior, nor did they deny them with their mouth. Right. Because we know many, right. many of those days will confess, Lord, Lord. The says, why call me Lord, Lord, and not do as I say, you know? Right. Right. And, and they're justified by faith. And that faith is, is what uh, brings on uh, the works of salvation that comes because Christ had already prepared from the foundations of the earth that they would walk in those good works. Right. So right, it's been right. predestined. Their good works were predestined from, from before the earth was. And, their, and the Bible says that their works follow them. So mm -hmm. the, their, 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 their good works are recognized you know right. in at the end of the age as well so mm -hmm. you know and and they talk it talks about uh the rewards that there's 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 reward there's like a reward system right based on on those works and I think uh i think uh yeah go ahead no i was saying i think that's where probably the doctrine comes from maybe in a calvinistic way where it's like well you'll have some like Basically, you won't get as much as I will get because I was a little bit more holy, but you still get something. If that makes well, sense, like you don't, you don't have yeah, to be completely I, I, I don't, sanctified. I'm not familiar with that. You don't have to be completely sanctified because you'll still make it to heaven. You just won't have a bigger mansion, basically. Uh, well, no, I, I think, I think the works, like for instance, the works are already. Like the works that you're going to do have already been been predestined. Like you you may not know that you're going oh, to uh, bring you know twelve people to faith during your course of your life or whatever, mm -hmm. or and do this and struggle for him and 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 stand up for the faith here and there. Mm -hmm. Your 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 efforts you you're you'll be doing it of by the sweat of your brow, but it'll be because it, it was something that was already predestined for you to have done. So at the end of it all. Uh, God's going to get the glory for it. But nevertheless, on top of that, the paradox is that he will call you faithful. You see what I'm saying? So that's like the paradox. It's kind of like you're, you're, it, it's all him, but at the same time, God still gives you credit for it. Oh, I see. See, I don't see it that way, obviously. I don't see there's a paradox. Mm -hmm. because I just think that um, when, I, when the, works that, the works that are predestined, for me, it's just like basically loving your neighbor, you know, everything that God says, those are the predestined works. And everyone in Christ will do those works because they're in Christ. If that makes sense. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, that's the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's the same thing. I mean, it, it you it might be the same thing, but looking at it from just a different angle. You know. Mm, okay. That's all. That's that's all. Often that that to tell you the truth, that's often what it is. Oftentimes, like when people, there's a lot of doctrines that are are misunderstood because they, it looks different, so they think it's different, but it's not that it's different. It's just that it's the same thing, but looking at it from a different perspective, and that's really all it is. That's how come. I'm that's how really I see it. Of that just yet. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm pretty much convinced of that for the Arminians mm -hmm. because I understand that Arminians many have. Uh, 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 um, uh, they have the essentials of, of the Christian faith. It's just that they see it, they come to it from a different avenue. They come to it from a different perspective. It's the culture and, and the, 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 the wave that we're in now, a very contentious, uh, mm -hmm. this whole Yankees versus Brave culture that, mm -hmm. we're, that we're in that wants to always see my camp, your camp, that type of deal. Mm -hmm. But the way I look at it is you're outside of the camp 
if you're outside of the essentials of the faith, meaning, you know, the, the gospel, uh, salvation in Christ alone, and the, the Trinity, and things like that that have to do with the identity of who God is and our identity, our fallenness, those I think are the biggest issues in, in, in what I feel is, is, is the essentials of the Christian faith. Outside of that, then, then I feel that it's a uh, damnable or, or, or a faith that's, that's, that's got some real issues and heresies and stuff like that. If it, ta- if, it, if it alters the essentials, then that's where the problem lies. You know, but if let's say if we have a different view of the same thing, of the essentials of the faith, and we all believe in Christ, uh, the second person of the Trinity, we believe in him only by faith alone. We understand that by faith we do the works because we love Christ. And now what we do, we do out of appreciation to Christ for what he's done for us and gratitude and all that. that that's basically coming at it. It's the same thing, only coming at it from a different from a different view. That's all it is. That's how I see it. Gotcha. So, so more more of our disagreement because I'm not Armenian, so um, I think I, I think both obviously both sides are wrong. But um, I think when it comes what, to the what, idea, good. What would you disagree from the Ar- Armenians? What, do you have something that you disagree that that's uh, that that that's like uh, stereotypically Ar- Armenian? Um, I'm trying to think. I, mostly, I know I, I disagree with them because the Calvinists will say I'm Armenian. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not. I don't necessarily believe. I don't even know what really Armenians believe. I know they they believe in um free. They they believe in free will, which I agree with. So it can't be that. To be honest, I I just know I'm not Armenian. It's not necessarily that I don't. I think I think if you're if you're den- if you're identifying yourself as something like Armenian, I think that's already uh because I think that's denominationalism, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, it, it, there's nothing wrong with not wanting to be in a box, that's for sure. Because I, I, I don't advertise myself as, um, you know, as uh, reformed or anything like that. I just tend to be reformed, you know, and, and I, see, I see it in Scripture. So that's, that's what it is. It's just, you know, a Calvinism wasn't started by Calvin. <laughs> there were many people that that were already talking about it way before Calvin. So mm-hmm. all of those same points, it was just a matter of trying to explain it. And since he was a, a prolific writer and he wrote all these things, whatever, that's how come it latched on him. But he himself didn't start it. Um, right. It was in Christian history before. Right. It was, it was more in Christian history before even before he did. It's just all his writings and his expression um, in his writings that that's why it latched on him. <clears throat> I think but yeah, that's so... another thing too. I think I, I don't don't get me wrong. I'm thankful for what Martin Luther did and all that stuff, and giving us, you know, we had, we were able to have the Bible printed and all that stuff. But I think that's a different thing too. Is that we see Christian history very different. Your your idea of Christian history would include Martin Luther. Mine's wouldn't necessarily include him. It would be more of just like Peter, James, Paul, John, just to be safe, because all these other false doctors, even when when John was talking about it. Um, coming into the world, you know, so it's just like I rather just stay away from all of it and just focus on what was already written, you know. Um, oh, without a doubt, that's the found. The foundation is the the apostles were the foundation. There, theirs uh, uh, was the word. What the words were in Anustas in Greek, um, and so that that's right there the, the foundation of it all. But <clears throat> all these guys were were, were represent uh, history. Which is a which is a rich history. It's our history as Christians, 
<clears throat> and we learn from that, <clears throat> and we argue all these arguments and all these things and how it moved and how people thought in those days, how we got out of a lot of things that we got out of. That's actually a history that we, we can't deny. But even then, every one of those uh, characters may not even agree with everything that we agree with. And yet, you know, when people say, well, I follow this type of, uh, this historical figure or this whatever, chances are there's always going to be some variation because they, they, they were probably in those days would have persecuted you for the way you thought or would have persecuted me for the way I thought as well. So it's not about following them. It's about, it's the foundation, which are the apostles. Right. And we don't disagree with those people. We don't argue. We don't right. have to analyze. Exactly. Well, I disagree. well, some people will try this. Like I disagree with those more of those pseudo, uh, probably 5% are Muslims trying to switch between Christianity and that. Like, well, I don't really agree with Paul because Paul was this and Paul was that. Okay. I, that's just someone that is a waste of time. But most people will not disagree with Paul, Peter, James, or John, you know? They would be like, right. no, they were, their yes. words are exactly what you need to follow and listen to. And we, there's no deviation between their understanding of their words. Um, right. You know, and, and anyone who, who runs across someone who disagrees with Paul, I, I can guarantee you that that person has some type of strange uh, way of just living, <laughs> uh, calling themselves a Christian anyway. They probably wouldn't even call themselves a Christian, you know what I mean? It's, it's right. Important. No, they can't be. They they simply yeah. can't be because they're <clears throat> they're already disagreeing with with the, their their gospel and and their gospel were synonymous with their, all of their messages, and mm -hmm. none of them um, contradicted each other. So right. to contradict one is to contradict all, and so to contradict all is to have a completely different gospel. Correct. So now where mm -hmm. where, where we disagree now is just the idea of if the if Jesus is going to come at any moment and kind of what Peter was saying, like, wouldn't you have to be um, ready for his return? Not ready for him to return, then to change you. Wouldn't you have to be ready and change at that moment at his return? Because he's going to judge. He's going to, what is he judging you for? If not for the things you did before you were glorified, right? right. Well, the, the, this is the issue. The issue is that if you're saved in Christ, right? You, mm -hmm. you are to examine yourself. Mm -hmm. You are to walk in a way. The scriptures are your checks and balances. <clears throat> you are to be meditating in them day and night. You are, to, you are to be studying them. You are to be loving your neighbor. You are to be loving God more and more. Uh, and if you find yourself in that and you examine yourself and you say to yourself, now I can have faith in God's finished work. Well, if if you say to yourself, I have I have the assurance that uh, of what not only of what God has done, but also what I see He's working in me, then I believe you. I can have assurance of of that I am in the faith, that I am born again, that I am saved, <clears throat> and so that's the justification that He that He gave us. But once we're justified, He can come today. And we'll be ready because we are now justified by faith in Christ. You see, so if we still have, well, and with the word that was thrown around earlier was besetting sin. That's all, all that is, is a sin that you're struggling, that you still need to flatten and get rid of. It could be anything. It could be uh, anything found within um, your sanctification. You, you're saved today. You're not going to be mature by next week, right? So in the course of that sanctification, you need to continue growing in Christ. However, 
at some it, it, the 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 mystery of the Holy Spirit, which is known mystery to God, but to us is understanding who He justifies. We don't know who He justifies because we don't know the work of God. We can only testify to ourselves, just like Paul says that uh, my conscience is clear. He says, "I know in my conscience, right?" So he know he knew he had that assurance, and so all of us should have that assurance if we test ourselves. Now. Um, if we know that and we can rely on, on, on his justification and we live by faith, as the just will live by faith, um, then, then we can say that, well, God could come today. And I know in my joy, because God believes and the scriptures talk about that nobody should rob us of that joy. That's the joy of knowing that we're no longer enemies with Christ, that we are now uh, uh, in, in, in Christ, no longer in Adam. So that, that's the assurance that I believe in. And so he can come today. If I've got a personal issue, which is only what, what I'll know, no one outside of my own little, per, my little circle of my own little conscience will know what I'm going through. If I know that I'm going through something and I'm not, well, I should be battling that and I, I should be coming correct with, with God on that issue. But with regard to scripture, if we know if we have a good conscience in Christ, we can literally say that, yeah, I have that confidence. And so, mm -hmm. um, I, and so we can continue working at, at all times. I mean, we could continue working all the time to better ourselves um, because, you know, practice doesn't make perfect. It makes improvement, right? And that kind of works the same thing uh, with regard to sanctification as well. But, but we're, if, we're, if we're living by faith, then we believe in that, that justification that Christ has done. Now, the glorification with regard to, to, that's like the giving of the new body, the new transformation that also encompasses um, the restoration of all of God's creation, the earth and, 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 and everything in it, you know? So, yeah, you, you can actually have, have that joy inside of you. Okay, so explain to me a little bit more your view of besetting sin, because I remember when I, when I had this conversation, we talked about besetting sin, and you were like, I don't know what that's, that is. And then we looked into their, this dot question, which you said you never heard of, um, which I, I don't, yeah, that, I, I believe that you yeah, said Yeah, no, no, I never, I never use that as a resource. Uh, that's okay. a come, I, I, yeah, I, I've never used, that's not a resource that I've, that yeah, I've used highly, that I've they're highly used before. Reformed, at the very least, they're highly reformed. Um, yeah, what are they, is that all they're known by is by the website? At, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like I, I did a video on them, a lay Christian, a lay Christian, a person who just, you know, says they're a Christian, they can just go to that website and that's where they'll get most of their answers, you know, because they don't know any better about reform and all this stuff and this and that. But if you look deeper into their views, obviously, it's very reformed. Um, yeah. Yeah. O oftentimes what's misunderstood mm -hmm. is that when they when when they say, OK, you're not you, it, when they say, OK, in other words, let's say you have okay. Now, the first first I have to say that the besetting sin is no no different than than any sin. Like oftentimes people make get that mixed up. All the besetting sin is that you know okay you have a problem with cursing that you you've been able to deal with that and get that out of the way. You got that out of the way. You're doing this. You're doing great. You're doing that. But during the course of of your sanctification, you have something. That, that seems to always be nagging you. And so that too needs to be conquered. Now the misunderstanding is that you can't conquer that. that there's nowhere that we can say that, that, that we can't conquer that because nowhere in the Bible does it say that, that there will be a sin that you cannot conquer. You know what I'm saying? What it says, what, what, 
Right. The, exactly. And, and, and I agree with you. But the, the understanding is that it's not a perfection there, that you can't like, oops, a, 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 a imperfection of, of motive, an imperfection of, 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 of love, an imperfection. That's, that's what we're talking about. It's not, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about something uh, that, that you struggle with, that you had to get rid of something that just clung on you. Uh, uh, let's say uh, it could be anything. It could be something that's particular to you, but it's not a specialized sin that just clamps on you. It's not. It, it's going to be any sin, you know. And so that's just one of the the, the things that we have to, that we have to uh, uh, conquer within the course of our 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 sanctification. That's all that is. And and like I said, it doesn't mean that you're not going to conquer that one also. It just it, they're just referring to that annoying. It's like if they would have said that annoying sin that keeps resur- re- resurfacing its its ugly head, you know, in your life. And we know that throughout. Uh huh. Please go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, and, and we know throughout the course of our sanctification, like I've been saved for, for about 40 years now, and I've had my ups and downs and my, and my times when I uh, haven't been as spiritual as I needed to be, and, I, and I've come back, you know, and stuff like that. A lot can happen in 40 years. And so I've seen, I've seen the times when I've been able to conquer stuff. I've witnessed it. I've experienced it in my own personal life. I've seen how I've kicked this. I've kicked that. I've seen how things have just literally fallen away on their own, as it would seem, right? And then other things that just that seem to not fall on its own, that I have to work on it more with more fasting, more, more prayer, more attention to meditation and stuff like that. So it's it's not it's not a specialized sin. It's just a, a, a particular thing that we know in our own personal lives that we have to deal with. That one thing, you know what I mean, or that two things. And, and do you believe that you can get rid of it in this life, or do you believe that you get rid of it during? Oh, of course. Um, yeah, yeah, everything, all things. All, I would never tell somebody that they can't stop taking drugs. I would never tell somebody that they can't conquer that homosexuality or that, that, that cursing problem or that, that selfishness or, or anything under the sun, anything that's of sin that you can't conquer. But the question that with, re- with reference to the website is that the misunderstanding there, and I think that they, when you read it, I think they, re- they worded it wrong when they explained it. They said that they made it seem like if it was something that you couldn't, that you're going to always have it for the rest of your life, that one particular sin. No, you, that goes against uh, 1 Corinthians, uh, what, what is it, uh, a 6, 9? You know, and, and that, was, and that was, we were once, that was once one of us. And he goes through a whole uh, a list of sins right. and, and motives and bad motives. So that goes against that. So it's not referring to that. The only problem is, is sometimes when people explain it, they do a very sloppy job because they're trying to bring emphasis to the, to the fact that, no, you know, uh, to, to a certain doctrine, but they do it in a sloppy way. It's kind of like that one saved, always saved. One saved, always saved. Uh, we have a bunch of uh, a whole decade of really bad TBN preachers, you know, talking about the sovereignty of God, and they completely messed it up. And so hey, there's nothing you can do, and God will still love you, and whatever. And so they give emphasis in the wrong place, and they give the wrong uh, understanding of what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And and now everybody's afraid to even mention the 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 the, the phrase "one saved, always saved." You know, it's like God God hates. 
God, God uh, you know, hates the sin but loves the sinner. That I hate those 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 cliches. They're stupid TBN cl- cliches. And 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 people now they take they 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 throw out the baby with the bathwater and they don't understand that it's actually when you really look at it, it's kind of like yes and no. <laughs> you know, if so you we really so you look into it. So, so you don't believe then that there's nothing you can do. You believe there are things that you can do that will disqualify you from the faith. What do you mean? You believe that there are things that you can do that can basically disqualify you from the faith. You're not once you make a profession of faith, you're you're good to go. You're safe. Oh no, no, no! I I I don't believe that once you're that once God gives you the Holy Spirit, once you're truly saved, I I believe that you can leave the faith because you were never saved to begin with. Because if you left, that means you were never really truly indwelt with the Holy Spirit. But like yeah, like I said before, we that it's impossible to bring someone back who was once tasted the heavenly gifts and was made partakers of the Holy Ghost to return them back onto the faith. It's impossible to do that. Isn't that right? That, that, that partake, when it says partake of the Holy ghost, Uh that means that we experienced it. We experienced the power of it. We saw Uh what it can do. You see what I'm saying? But it doesn't necessarily speak, uh, uh, directly to being indwelt by the Holy Spirit or being saved. If you really look I'm at it, really... Because, remember that guy who saw the works of the Holy Spirit and he wanted the Holy Spirit because he saw it? And then right. they, were like, they were like, no, you can't have the Holy Spirit or something like that. You know what I'm talking about, the guy in Acts. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah, so yeah that, would, that would be someone that you're talking about right there who saw the work of the Holy Spirit yeah, yeah. far off, but it's not saying that. It's oh, no, no, no. No, not at all. That... Yeah. That that guy was that guy was straight up rebuked. That guy that guy was right. <laughs> that guy yeah. was almost a, a a witch doctor, you know. Right. But no, the, that's but that's not in reference to what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that if you read the passage carefully, you'll see mm-hmm. that he's talking about there's a group of people that actually saw what he can do. It's like it's like the people that follow Christ in in John chapter six. They follow mm-hmm. him for what he can do. They partake. They partook in his power, but then they weren't truly believers because they turned their back. Okay, so they turned their back when they saw what he was able to do, and they were just following him because they were they were impressed and mesmerized by the by the by the power of the Holy Spirit, kind of like those people that were chasing Tom Hanks in that movie, <laughs> it was Forrest Gump. Everybody everybody was following him, and they they jumped on the bandwagon until he said, you know, I'm going to go home now, and they're like, you know, they're like, uh, what do we do now? And they got nowhere else to go, mm-hmm. you know, and they were not truly truly disciples they saw that and they got caught up in the movement and all that stuff and they got the free food you know and they they wanted more of that they thought that he was like the 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 the, the greatest entertainer and he said no this is going to cost your life this is real deal we're talking real stuff here he said you're not truly uh, uh my people and he started to chastise them and that's when he really got spiritual on them and he told them you got to eat of this flesh and that you totally offended them and then they they went on their way well, here it says to renew them again onto repentance. So it seems like they, they, they've repented. Right. So what does it mean by that? But, to renew them again onto repentance. Right. Well, well, that, well, when a person changes their mind, they change their mind from what they were doing at the time. But it doesn't mean that they were fully in, in, indwelled by the Holy Spirit. They weren't supernaturally. Uh, uh, they, weren't, they weren't regenerated. Okay, they recognized what they were doing was wrong. They felt mm-hmm. that they had an emotional experience, and that was it. Like a lot of people today, a lot of people today go to those crusades and they cry. They come to the to the front and they make a profession, but it's not a true a true thing. It's just a profession. You know what I'm saying? So because they're not examining themselves, they're not meditating, they're not feeding, they're not they're not abiding. You know, if if you abide, then you grow good fruit. Then you're a true you're a true 
uh, uh, a disciple. But would they say that? Would they say, oh, no, I'm not really true. I'm just doing this for show. Oh, of course. Like, oh, no, they, they might get caught up. Like a lot of people who have false faiths, they truly are. They're very sincere. They're very sincere what they believe. They truly believe, but they're blinded. Mm. So I guess it doesn't really make a difference then, I guess. If, like, how do you know you're not, not you, well, you or someone, how does someone know they're not either blinded or they have a true profession of faith? You know what I mean? Well, if you follow the scriptures, if they said, if you, if you, if you abide in the vine, and um, oftentimes people have asked, well, what, do you, what does he mean by abide in yeah, the vine? Yeah. They say, okay, yeah, a lot of people don't really understand that when you abide in the vine, that means you stick to, to Jesus, you stick to the vine. He is the true vine. He yeah. says, my father is, is, is the one who, who, uh, who's, uh, what is it, what does it say? He's the, 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 the um, He's a husbandman, and he's the true vine, and you are a branch, okay? Mm -hmm. So he says, every branch in me that bears good fruit, he continues to prune, and he continues to prune, and he says, if you abide in the vine, right, you will mm -hmm. uh, produce good fruit. So, and, so he, and, says, and, he, says, and it, he says, every branch in, in me that does not produce good fruit will be cut off. So what does exactly. it mean by a branch in him? Right, because they, they don't abide. They don't, because that, that's the difference that he's making. He said, if you abide in me, you will produce good fruit. Right, so how, see, do I and, actually, and how do I practically, if I want to ask you, how do you practically abide in him? Going to church. Going to church, loving your, your, your neighbor, loving your brothers, reading, meditating, fasting, <clears throat> doing all those things that have to do with getting closer to Christ. Mm. Yeah, that's, that, oh, that's it right there. That's the life. That's that's how you how you grow, and that's how you you gain that power because it's through the knowledge of the word. The knowledge of the word. The more you meditate on that word, it's like the word. He says the, he's the bread of life, right? The bread of life is the word of God. Okay, at John one, and so you eat the bread of life. That means you're constantly consuming Him and you're constantly abiding Him. So it kind of is like a parallel, John one and and uh, John fifteen, and so that's how you get that nourishment. He said the same thing when he said, it, I'm, I'm the bread that comes from heaven. I'm not mm -hmm. like the manna that came, you ate it, and then you died. You know what I'm saying? You still died. This is a, the, the, the true bread. You eat of me, you continue to live. And so um, that's exactly what he expects of us, for us to abide in him, to keep dwelling, to keep praying, to keep abiding, church, family. Um, uh, that, that they lift you up. They're, they're the ones that, that you fall down. You know, you get to know them. You grow with them. They, they're there for you. You're there for them. You're serving. And so uh, through thick and thin, that's basically so, what so it so is. It's like when, have a church body is not abiding in Christ. Well, it's, it, 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 they're kind of selling themselves short because it says, it says in Scripture that you, we have to assemble like some people have decided not to do. And so that's kind of like a, a mandate that we should be doing that. Um, if we're not doing that, then then how are we serving, right? How are we serving that body? Because the, the Lord gave us uh, the gifts. It, well, the gifts were not just the, the supernatural gifts of tongues and of, of all that. It's also the administration that was handed down of counselors, of teachers, of pastors. All those that he gave, those were actual gifts, and those are still remaining with us. Like, I'm, I'm a partial cessationist because I, don't, I believe that a lot of those, like uh, raising people from the dead, I don't think that's happening, uh, at least not in my circle, <laughs> at least not my circle. Some of those, those gifts, it says pretty explicitly that they will cease. But it says that 
um, the, the other gifts, the gifts that he's given us, he's given us gifts and those people for the administration of the faith, for the edification. So if that's the edification and you're getting it from other people, I mean, he, your congregation could start off uh, 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 with a number of two and then a number of uh, six and then a number of eight. It, it, it really, that's what it is. Your, your administration can start small, but, but the fact that you're, that, you're, that you're utilizing those gifts that are meant to edify you. That that's nothing that we should be for, forsaking. Unfortunately, in these times, it's kind of hard because you know you're not getting a lot of faithfulness. It's hard to find you know brothers that that are truly in yeah, the faith and stuff like that. I was like, what you're telling me does not sound very drawing. You know, it doesn't sound like like if if I wasn't a Christian, I wouldn't want to be a Christian, <laughs> especially in this day and age. I'm like, nah, this doesn't sound fun. This just sounds like because who who am I gonna find? There's really no one out there that's doing all this stuff. It's just. And, and not only yeah, that, I, I'm, I'm still in my sins, you know, I'm, I'm, I have to wait until glorification to, to see the results, you know, I can't, I can't see no. them here in the now. What are you talking about? You're, you're glo- no, that. what do you mean? Mm-hmm. No, because we're saved by faith. We're mm-hmm. saved by grace through faith. Okay. So mm-hmm. in other words, you're saved by God's grace. God gave us mm-hmm. something we could not afford or we couldn't do for mm-hmm. ourselves. And by, and by faith. In what in that that he's given us, so our our walk is not is by faith, not by sight. We're mm-hmm. we're 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 not believing in what we're doing. What we're doing, we do out of love for Christ, mm-hmm. because the 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 one who who for, who needed to be forgiven much ends up loving much. Okay, so he forgave us for much of our sins. So we love him to that same extent that he loved us. We love him because he loved us mm-hmm. first. So. So that all we do is in appreciation to him and 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 it says also in the scripture that that our uh that our bodies are a living sacrifice mm-hmm. right what we do with our bodies our minds and all that stuff that is sacrifices and obedience itself is like a pleasing aroma to god you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. all of that stuff we do is as a as a sense of worship it's actually when the people talk about that worship is just music and all that stuff mm-hmm. and praising whatever. It's a whole lot more than that. It's 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 getting together with brothers, helping people out. Uh, a, a sister uh, Thelma needs help in her house. She has she has to get downtown. Whatever you 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 say, look, I'm available. Boom or whatever it is, send some canned goods to this brother over here. You know whatever. What can I do? That type of deal. You know mm-hmm. that comes. That's something that's very tangible. That's something that's like very right now. You know what I'm saying? That type of deal. And, 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 and the growth that comes with that is exponential because they're going to see your flaws. They're going to see your faults. They're going to put their foot in your butt, you know, and they're going to straighten you out so that you can grow, right? And, and then when they fall, you're going to be there for them. And then you're going to have arguments with them, whatever. But then because of the same checks and balances, you're going to get over your pride and you're going to make up with them. And they're like true brothers. <laughs> and they're more, they're more brothers than our own siblings. You know what I'm saying? Because that's, what, that's exactly the way the scripture describes it. You know? And so we can't, we can't hate our brother. If we have a some problem with our brother, we leave our sacrifice at the altar Okay, whatever good we're going to do for God, if we're going to drop that, let me make up with my brother because that's what he's expecting of me, right? So it's very relational. It's very relational. It's something that, you know, we can do. Our works are done. We do it by, exclusively by love because just like, uh, like in a sense, I don't, I don't believe 
I know a lot of I'm 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 Reformed Baptist, uh, but I don't believe in in the in the whole tithing thing. I don't I mm-hmm. I, I to me it goes against giving uh, uh, uh being giver. against the yeah that type, that that cheerful giver thing mm-hmm. I think goes goes into not only the way what we give how we give, but it also has to do with um, how God wants us to give to Him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And be obedient to him. He wants us to do it out of our love to him. He doesn't want us to do it because we feel pressured to. You know what I mean? And so when we fall short, now we're bent all out of shape because that's what we what was holding us up. You know, our our trying to to pick us up from our bootstraps, you know? Like we know where we are. No one no one needs to tell us where we are because our uh, the Holy Spirit convicts us. You know, uh, and we know where we need to, to to straighten up. So that's how come we need to spend time, come to the throne of grace, and ask God and and and, and for power in time of need, right? So uh, that that's something where we need our growth in. But with regard to giving to the Lord, that has to come naturally from our love of the Lord, based on what He's done for us, because He's def- He's done so. He's forgiven much, so we have to love much. I think I hear what you're saying, but one thing that you were talking about, you were saying that like we have to. Um, what did you say? You said something very interesting. Um, we know what we're going through. I'm like, that's. I think when someone was talking about my calling and stuff like that, and I was like, that kind of goes against what I would call my quote calling because a lot of people don't know what they're going through, right? That that's why they need help from someone to say, um, hey, brother or sister, this is something going on, and they're like, oh, help my marriage. My marriage is falling apart. Why? You know, I don't know why my marriage. Discipleship. Apart. Yeah, yeah you definitely. Got, Discipleship you, is so needed. And, you and that's where you're going to find that. Mm-hmm. You're not going to find that, out that in, in, in church with church focus. And that's what I I don't think you're going to find that at least. Uh, this is, what, this well, is why, why it's important. I, and I don't know if this amillennial thing ties into it. But like this is why it's important. We have to tell people, look, the Lord is coming. Prepare your heart for the Lord. Prepare you the way for the Lord. But if we can just kind of, ah, ho-hum, you'll get there when you get there. You know, it's like. The sister is struggling because her husband is just being awful. But he's just like, well, I'm just not there yet. And the Lord is going to get me there when he gets me there. And I'll have time and all this stuff. And oh, no, it's, 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 what you're saying. Up, then I'll start, you know, you know what I mean? No, what, what, what you're saying sounds a lot like uh, let go and let God. That, that's another one that I hate. Another cliche. Let, let go and let God. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I can't stand those cliches. That, that's another one that is completely... I mean, the, people have taken the ball and, run, and ran with that to the point where they believed it literally, you see? And that's what the mm-hmm. problem is. Um, and so that, 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 this, it's not about letting go and letting God. It, it, you're, you are beating your body. You are uh, 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 in a race. You are. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It, it is a struggle because you know yourself. You you know where your selfishness lies. You know where your where your your flawed motives are. You know where your temper lies. You know all of these intricacies of yourself, the ones that you're willing to share and the ones that you're not willing to share. Well, you you've got the Holy Spirit convicting you, and you know what you need to do. <clears throat> so it, it's never about it's never about well you know I'm just letting God uh, uh, do His thing on me or whatever. No, it's never that because that's why you have to abide. That's why you're, you, you, you abide with your, you know, and you deal, you're in the thick and thin with your brothers 
And mm-hmm. and church is not a, 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 more, a brick and mortar building. Church is a congregation of two, a congregation of 60, a congregation of three, of, of 300. It doesn't matter. It's like where, you know, we got the, 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 the brothers coming uh, on a, a random and Thursday night Bible study. You know, mm-hmm. whatever you can do, that's where church is. Even here on stereo, it can be church. You know what yes. I'm saying? Um, so, so, so it's 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 not about it's not about saying, well, there's something wrong with the brick and mortar. No, the brick and mortar is just where we tangibly, physically decide to meet up, which happens to be better than 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 Zoom. <laughs> you know, that that's what it is, and it's a lot more rewarding. It's a lot more beneficial, and it's more human and warm. You know, <laughs> you know, so. It, historically, that's the way it's, it's always been better that way, you know, so um, it, it's and it's completely necessary. It's completely necessary at, at all at all times when you, if you can find a church that 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 at least preaches the essentials of the Christian faith, you're not going to find a, a perfect church. You know, I've, I've been in the in in the last two years, maybe like the last four churches and neither one of them do I agree 100 percent with them. Yeah, yeah, theology and theology and stuff like that. But I, I know, I recognize that they have down the essentials of the faith, and I know that there are people that love Christ. And and to me, that's everything right there, right there. That's everything, and that's a congregation for me. You know, and those are the people you know that I love, and 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 wherever they might be found, even outside of the United States, wherever they are, we know that they're everywhere. So one of the things I've, I've heard, um, I think Calvinists believe, and I would believe at one point, I guess, I don't really remember, it was a while ago, but um, this whole like free will thing. So then you would say that you agree with, you believe in free, like at least limited choice that you can, you can choose whether to sin or not. Like it's not that God, the sovereignty of God is so powerful that you can't even choose to do whatever. Is that, so you, you would say that you can definitely choose, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like yeah, you you can, absolutely. The 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 but 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 our choice doesn't override what already already uh, has been determined, you know. Um, okay. it, you know, no matter you can you can go right left, pick ice strawberry as opposed to chocolate, uh, get a master's in in theology instead of psychology, and at the end of the at the end of your life. While you're panting there, and you thought you 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 reached the uh, the end of the race, God is there before you, and He goes, "I knew you to do that." You know, yeah, yeah, I knew yeah. it. it. You it's know, not about, so, it has nothing to do with free will. It's just His knowledge. He knows what's going to happen. It has nothing to do with will, right. because He knows the future. Right. Regardless He's already determined it. Right. All right. Cool. So yeah. Okay. So that's what uh, that's another thing. So, but anyway, going back to the oh, this is okay. So my just confusion is just this Hebrew sixth verse then, where where it says. They re- they have repented basically, they're they're new in the faith or not they're they're in, to me it sounds like they're in the faith not that they were never in the faith I think that idea comes from the John where it says they are not in us because they were never of us, but from what I understand he was talking about a specific people, not anyone who turns away from the faith. Right, we're we're gonna have to we're gonna have to uh, hold back on that one mm-hmm. because I I have to, actually I have to hang up now. All right, we have I got a, a boogie real quick. All right. Yeah, let's get that message. Yeah. I think like personally and I have found ourselves in Christian circles where I think there's that same sentiment of like, you know, as long as we have the essentials down. And I guess 
from what I remember, it's like almost like, and I don't know if this is your sentiment. I'm not saying that it is, but from my experience, it's like you know, as long as we don't talk about the more controversial things, we should be fine, kind of. Because when we do talk about it, that's when there no longer is that love, you know. It's And what if you are the Christian that wants to know exactly, you know, what it is the Lord wants from us, according to the scriptures, and wants to deal with all the, I guess, the hard things? Um, I'm not sure if I understood all of it. I do believe, I think I've understood half of what she, the first half of what she said, mm. which was the, um, um, that, that not to bring up the differences. And I, and I think that's, that, that's pretty practical because the, it, once we, once we agree on the essentials, um, that's, that's really the, the, the gospel that that's really the, the, the epitome of what we believe in Christ. That's what we have in common. And we understand that. And that's what's where salvific faith comes, comes from. That's what we have. So to, to discuss the differences would be kind of like, um, like if I had a brother in, and he, he was, a, you know, he had the essentials of the faith and he believed in Christ and he was a true brother in Christ. And then I started comparing my culture to his culture. Um, constantly, and they're always going to be different, but we're still brothers in the Lord, you know, and so to bring stuff like that is almost um, unnecessary, you know, uh, unnecessary, because these are things that, that, you know, he holds dear, and I have things that I have hold, that I hold dear, and once we understand our positions, I think that's the best that we can do, is fully understand where we're coming from, and I think that we'll, we'll have complete respect in that sense. Mm, interesting. Uh, well, yeah, definitely something maybe we have to definitely talk about another time if we do have time. I know you said you had to go, so I don't want to keep you any further. Yeah, yeah. But it's definitely a great chat. Thanks for the conversation. Definitely, personal. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we, we'll definitely do it again, and, and we'll break down that. What, what was that chat? That was in Hebrews? Yeah, Hebrews 6. 1 through, I think, like... Hebrews 6. Yeah, that's it. 1 through... Right, that's a tricky one. That's, a, that's definitely... Seven, one through eight, maybe one through six, basically. Actually, yeah, that's a that's a, that's definitely a tricky one. That's um, that's that's definitely one that I'm gonna need to to, have, to look through to yeah, kind of yeah, go through nice. it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. All right, All right bro. All right, take it easy. Thanks for the yeah. chat. Take care. Yeah. Amen. Bye bye. Okay, so there you have it. Um, that's my conversation in my interview. Um, at first, I didn't know it was going to be uh, a, a bunch of questions on Reformed theology or defending the faith, um, uh, the doctrines of grace, but they ended up being that way. Um, nevertheless, uh, I want to do a part two to this um, just to explain and to get deeper and do a, a deeper commentary on, on the uh, aspects that were discussed. Certain elements... Um, of theology that were discussed and uh, the understanding and the way, uh, the nuanced way that uh, he was responding and what he believed um, and all that. So that, since this was a longer podcast, I kind of want to do a, a second shorter one 
to kind of detail and to explain all of those things since I know the brother um, a lot more. And a lot of the understandings that he has are have been uh, are pretty prevalent in people who have things against uh, Calvinism and Reformed theology. Um, and um, some of that stuff needs to be explained. Um, and so there'll be less mudslinging going back and forth. Okay, so uh, tune in for that for that one. Okay, thanks for joining me again. And until next time, God bless. Take care.